With a simple spell, I can turn an enemy into a friend, wipe the thoughts from your mind, and kill with a word. Tonight, let's talk about the most enthralling spell school, Enchantment. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're talking about enthralling enchantment. That's right. Some would say the evilest school out of all of them because of how enchantment is. But tonight, we've got six delightful spells we've created in our spell series. Yeah, varying on the scale of evilness. Yeah, some evil, some just ridiculous. Sure. And we'll talk a little bit also about enchantment spells in general. Mm-hmm. Give you those spells so you can put them into your game if you so choose or just laugh along with us. Use them against your players. Absolutely. But before we get to that, if you haven't, hit that like and subscribe button. Help us get our show out to more people and get notified when more amazing episodes come your way. And if you're listening to the show, give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Let the algorithm compel you. Come be friends with us. It's a delight. You just got to remember, you got to stare into the camera. You have to maintain Dead eye contact. Stare into the yeah, camera. That's how Dominate works. Uh, that's a good point. Well, we should be fine because we just kind of stare glassy-eyed <laughs> into the camera on our YouTube videos. It's a talk show, folks. That's what we do. All right. So tonight we're talking about the evilest spells. And Matt, why would you consider enchantment to be the evilest spell around? Well, there are several reasons. One, it affects people's thoughts and will. Yeah. Nothing like going up to a group of random strangers and saying, you're my friends now. Yep. It is the gaslighting school of magic. <laughs> I want you to explore that a bit more. No, it is because modify memory, right? Like you can literally rewrite people's thoughts about events that occurred. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? If you can't win the argument, you just put them to sleep. Sure. (laughs) It also controls people's bodies because you've got things like hold person and whatnot. Yeah. It's monstrous. It is. It's worse than undead creation. I mean, at least they're dead. Right. The. The animating force of that body has already left. Now there's just the animating force of necromancy mm. for the most part, unless you get into like advanced undead. That's a good point. So I want you to think of all of this, folks, and then throw it out the window because we're not going to really dive into the moral complications of why enchantment is bad. You already know that. <laughs> it's true. Instead, let's do something a little bit less dramatic and a lot more fun, which is coming up with some custom spells. We have six enthralling enchantment spells that you can use that are pretty ridiculous. As we've mentioned in our previous spell sections, most of these spells are either flippant or wasteful in their use of magic, which is always fun. And we keep them on the level of magic of these particular leveled or below. We are not trying to inflate magic to be more powerful than it already is. Yeah. The reason we come up with these spells is not to min-max, but to amuse you. And as a result, most of these are amusing, and oftentimes, some of these spell effects are detrimental to the caster as well as the victim. Indeed. Because that's amusing to us as DMs. Sure. So, just something to think about. Remember, stupid spells exist because wizards are crazy. Yes. And if you don't believe us, look at the Albert. Albert's crazy. Or any other I mean, any, any chimeric mashup. Look at the Chul. Sure. I mean, that's... First off, the chul must be delicious. Now, that's fair. It's got tentacles 
so calamari, and it's got like that lobster-looking body. See, I always considered it to be like uh, a calamari crayfish. Mmm. Dip that guy in butter. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> for days. The Cajun seasoning. Oh God, you know it comes out speaking gumbo. You throw that guy in a, throw that guy into a pot. And we're gonna eat chul chul chow. That's what it's called. Whoa, come on down to the bayou. We got some chul chow. <laughs> That's crazy. Speaking of crazy, let's jump into some crazy spells, Matt. We've got some enthralling enchantment. And this evening I believe I have the first one. It's a cantrip spell, folks. Cause you need more cantrips. Absolutely. This one is called Trench Coat Horror. Alright. <laughs> Tell us about trench coat horror. Okay. Obviously, it's a cantrip. It's got a verbal, somatic, and material component to it. The material component is a ratty-looking trench coat. Um, Makes sense. Got to have a trench coat if you're going to do a trench coat horror spell. It's a standard action. 60-foot range, one target. Duration's around. Hey, that's not too bad. Not too bad at all. What's the description of this thing? Well, given trench coat horror, you can probably expect how this goes. You open your trench coat and reveal an indescribable horror to the victim. Target must make a wisdom save or suffer a disadvantage to their actions, or the next attack against them gets advantage. Caster's choice. So you either get advantage against someone or they get a disadvantage. Sure. If the target critically fails, both occur. Nice. You've seen your parents naked or something (laughs) indescribably horrible. Right. The next election cycle. Whatever it is. If you critically fail, you get a disadvantage and everyone else gets advantage on you. If the target critically succeeds, i.e. rolls a natural 20, right. then the tables are turned and the caster suffers both effects for the round. I find this delightful because thematically you open your trench coat. Hey, kid. <laughs> right. Showing something, you know, really bad. You want to see something really scary and do the Beetlejuice thing? If they critically succeed, maybe a glint of that pops back in your eyes. You accidentally look down. See deep into your soul, the most indescribable horror you've ever seen. Yep. Sure. And that's it. Very simple spell. Do it once per round. And mechanically, it's not really that bad. You've got things like vicious mockery, which if they fail the save, then it provides disadvantage. So considering it doesn't do damage, it's on par. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad for a cantrip. Now, next up, we have... A first-level spell that you've created, Matt, and I must say, with the spell called That Guy, is it going after that guy? You know what? It doesn't have to be a guy. It could be anybody. Right. But it could be. It's going to be that guy. Right. So talk to me about that guy. What's, what's up with the spell? All right. It is a first-level enchantment spell. Verbal somatic material. The material component is something personal from the target, like a lock of hair, an item of clothing. Something that's literally personal to them. How very voodoo of you. I guess a little bit, yeah. The casting time is one action. The range is 90 feet. The duration is one minute. All right. What's the description of that guy? You approach a group of individuals and describe your target to them. Roll 5d8. The total is how many hit points of creatures this spell can affect. Creatures within 20 feet of a point you choose within range are affected in ascending order of their hit points, ignoring unconscious creatures. So let me stop you right there. So it sounds very similar to the same mechanical effects of sleep. Yes, it is a different, it it is using the mechanics of sleep 
for a different function. Understood. All right, let's continue. Okay. Starting with the creature that has the lowest hit points, each creature affected by the spell is innately hostile to the described target. That, that guy. guy. So you describe that guy to a group of individuals, cast the spell. I see it, it, it from like a thematics perspective, someone getting up on like a podium or something like that, or even just jumping up high. Hey, everybody, I want to talk to you about that guy. They're casting the spell as they're talking about that guy. Mm-hmm. And then the next time that guy rolls through, hey, it's that guy. Get him. That is one way to do it. Now, the duration is low at the start, right? It's a minute. Right. So what I'm picturing is, let's say you've got a uh, mercenary coming after you, right? You're sitting in the back of a bar. Mercenary comes through the door. You look up. Let me tell you about that guy. You see that guy right there? That guy's no good. He kicks puppies. He just killed a flump. And then everybody fails their spell because how could you dare kill a flump? Exactly. And then barroom brawl. Just bar, the- yeah. Just a huge mash. All right. And it turned into a ballroom blitz. There you go. What happens if you upcast this? At higher levels, if you cast this using a slot of second level, the duration is an hour. Mm. So you can set up a trap with it. Absolutely. If you cast it at third or higher, the duration is one day. That's what I'm talking about. You come into town before the mercenary shows up. You tell the whole town about this guy. Exactly. All right. Additionally, each spell slot higher than first adds additional 2d8 hit points worth of people that you can tell about that guy. So kind of like sleep. Yes. So same thing. The difference is instead of them sleeping, they're just really pissed off at whoever you describe. Yes. I love this. Little puppy kicker. We Destroy him. How dare you? Here comes the paladin of flump vengeance to destroy you for kicking that flump, killing that puppy. Hey. Don't do either, folks. If you find a flump in real life, don't kill it. Give it a hug. Give it a hug. And don't hurt animals. Yep. Just in general. Yeah, just in general. I was looking for a segue into that, but there's no good segue talking about hurting animals. So let's just jump into the question of the week. How about that? (laughs) Sounds great. All right. What is the question of the week? And it better not be about killing flumps or hurting puppies. It is not, in fact. Good. In any way about those. Thank you. The power word line of spells is enchantment. Yes. Power word kill. Power word stun. Stun. Yeah. Yeah. You're being tasked with creating a new power word spell. What would you use and why? My first thought was power word frolic. Okay. But that's very much like Autoluke's irresistible dance. Okay. I can see that. And I would almost say that if I cast Autoluke's, I want you to frolic anyway. So I'm going to say power word domestic chore. I cast a spell and you must immediately find something in the room to clean. I would cast this every time we throw a party. Sure. It would be beautiful. Before anyone leaves, the house would be spotless. Oh, I was thinking before and after. Well, yeah. Well, if you sleep on my couch after a party, you got to do domestic chore anyway. Sure. It's only fair. That was always the cardinal rule and it still lives to this day. Yep. What about you? What kind of enchantment spell would you do? I like the concept of... Forcing, like most of the power word spells are like kill or maim, destroy. Yeah, some kind of physical right. thing. Yeah. What if it's uh, an emotional thing or like power word atone? Mm. Like you cannot do anything until you have atoned for this action. I like that. You know what else would be kind of funny? It would be like a power word forget. 
and it, you just forget the last like 10 seconds of something. That would be so handy. Oh, yeah. When you say something stupid, which I do all the time, and then you just power word forget that to the next person. You can say it over until you get it right. Sure. What is it? Uh, Groundhog Day it, right? Just keep trying until you get it right. The Bard would love that. Oh, sure. I would love that. What are you talking about? That'd be great. I think there is a similar spell to that in uh, uh, Acquisitions, Inc. I think they've got one. Quite possibly, yeah. Of course, we're always interested in your answers to the question of the week. And if you would like, hit us up at Goblins Corner on Twitter and all of the various socials. Most of them post things. You can answer questions. We talk to everybody. That's true. Goblinscorner.com as well, folks. We've got all our episodes up on there and all of the ways to contact us. We even have a Discord server, Matt. That is true. Yeah. You can also just comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. That's right. Now we are going to go with our next spell. And this one is a second level enchantment. See, we're going up the list here. Yep. Tell me about social gaff. It is what it says on the tin. It is a social gaff. Second level enchantment. Verbal somatic material. The material component is a whoopee cushion. Makes sense. Because I'm a 12-year-old kid in my head. At times, yeah. Forever. So I still watch cartoons, folks. Uh, one action to cast, 60-foot range, 30-foot area. So it's a nice, maybe like the size of a nice, oh, I don't know, ballroom, perhaps? Sure. Yeah. One minute duration. You can do a lot of damage in a minute. Do a lot of damage in a minute. What's the description? <laughs> you make a farting noise with your mouth as you cast the spell. Of course you do. It's got a whoopee cushion, right? Right. Designate a target for the spell. Each creature of your choice within 30 feet of the target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or believe the target has committed a minor social infraction. They farted in public, they said the wrong thing, they threw a slur, whatever that happens to be, right? Right. Sort of DM's discretion on that. The type of social gaffe is dependent on the group in question as well as the whim of the DM. This could lead to minor problems for the target or death, depending on how that rolls. Sure. Because if you're in a band of warlords, right, and you do a social gaffe, and it ends up calling the leader something really bad, yeah. you're dead. If you're in a bunch of noble people, they might go, what an uncouth barbarian. Or they might throw you into, say, jail. Or out the window. This is a fun second level spell where really not much happens, but for role-playing purposes, this could be really interesting. Could turn the tide for a party, too. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I was thinking was, like, if you're the bard, you just stand over in the corner and hammer somebody with this all night long during a social interaction. So your rogue is trying to set up some sort of negotiation and there's somebody working against them mm -hmm. with a third party and you just sit there and hammer the second person over and over with this so they just keep making mistakes. Oh, I like that. What a great idea. Yeah, so that's social gaff. A lot of fun, right? We like role-playing spells as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's not fireball, but it has longer-ranging implications. Nothing says make a diplomacy check like this. <laughs> right. Next up, we have a third-level enthralling enchantment spell, and this time it's Paranoid Sleeper. Talk to us about Paranoid Sleeper, Matt. All right. It is verbal somatic and material the material component is a bloodshot eye how delightful and thematic casting time is one action the target is self mm -hmm. the duration is one long rest okay what's the description for paranoid sleeper 
This spell bifurcates your mind, creating a distinct and separate personality similar to your own. Quotes, air quotes included <laughs> on this. Sure. While under the effects of Paranoid Sleeper, you do not require sleep and your separate self remains alert and ready for danger. The original personality is safely locked away and gaining the effects of a deep and welcome rest. That sounds delightful. You bifurcate your mind, one half sleeps, the other one is awake, ready for danger. Surely nothing bad could happen with this spell that I wrote. <laughs> Keep going. What's, what's next? Consecutive uses of this spell result in a 5% cumulative chance that the split personality is permanent. Uh-oh. You might go crazy. Additionally, cumulative uses causes the separate personality to drift. Air quotes again. From your own in strange and interesting ways. So here's the thought process behind this. If you're casting this every night to get a nice deep sleep while remaining awake, you're going to lose your mind. Because your body never gets to shut down, your brain juices are just going to be stewing your neurons. Yeah. Just Now, if you get a couple of good long rests in, it resets. But if you do it back to back, it's cumulative. So don't do it back to back. No. That's, the, that's really what we're going with this. Also... How fun is this from a player character perspective and a DM perspective? You're casting this. It splits your personality. It's sort of like the original one. Players, feel free to add a couple of weird Jekyll and Hyde quirks. DMs, sure. if it's cumulative and you roll, feel free to add far more Jekyll and Hyde quirks. I would also argue that after the first split becomes permanent, that if you continue to abuse this spell, you can just continue to create more. Oh, that's interesting. Right, because the first one's already permanent. So you just end up with multiple personality disorder? Yes. I'd be fine with that. This would be great in Ravenloft. I would even say that if you repeatedly cast this and get yourself into having some kind of split personality or something like that, derangements would also be a delightful consequence of those actions. And I, you know, I understand that there are an awful lot of people who do not like to play with those sorts of things. And that's fine. Also, you could make it temporary if that is a more comfortable option for you. We always provide options. Yeah. Whatever's more amusing to you and the players. Right. Our next spell. Speaking of amusing. <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. Tell me about Mosh Pit Fighters. All right. It is a fourth level enchantment, so we're just going up the list here. Verbal somatic material. The material component is a bloody mouth guard. Okay. Matt, I base this off of the times we've been in concerts mm -hmm. back in the days of the mosh pits and such. And considering it's based off of a bloody mouth guard, I can actually tell you the person that this spell is based off you know, of. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. One action, 60-foot range, 30-foot area. The duration is concentration up to one minute or until the song ends. Maximum three minutes, just like a radio. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> the three-minute radio edit. Yes. What is the description of this spell? With a ooh and a flourish, all creatures of your choice that you can see within range must make a wisdom saving throw. 
they can, of course, choose to fail the saving throw. Sure. On a failed save, each creature affected gets advantage on their attacks for as long as you play a musical instrument. This is a bard spell. This is totally a bard spell. You do the, the, the beginnings of the disturb song and the mosh pit begins. Sure. So what happens after the first minute? Well, after the first minute, you can keep playing, but the caster must make a constitution saving throw, DC 14, to continue. Because it's, I mean, it's very exhausting music. I mean, you're playing really fast. It's hardcore, right? Sure. Failure ends the spell and provides one level of exhaustion to the caster. Here, I've provided this to you. <laughs> you're now exhausted. <laughs> For the second minute, affected are raging in addition to having advantage. So you play for the first minute, everything's good. As soon as you start that second minute, you got to make a con save to keep playing. And during the second minute, now they are raging and have advantage. So this just like the barbarian rage. Plus two damage, plus two strength, what have you. Yep. For the third minute, because you can play up to three minutes. Mm-hmm. For the third minute, the DC is now 18 for your con save. The cost is two levels of exhaustion if failed. That's rough stuff. Rough stuff. Now, you've managed to pass for the first two times, but if you fail at this point, you now have two levels of exhaustion. If successful, all affected by mosh pit fighters now regain two hit points per round in addition to the previous effects. So if you manage to play for three minutes, they are raging, advantage, and regenerating two hit points a round. This is why if you're in a party of people who are your friends, you cast this, everyone's choosing to fail this save. Now they are berserk warriors that are just tearing shit up. And if not, you... Cast it and create... Levitate above the crowd and just keep playing. (laughs) Now you're in Valhalla. (laughs) At the end of the spell, all affected, including the caster, suffer one level of exhaustion, no save. So at the end of the spell, if you've managed to play for three minutes, everyone's going to take a level of exhaustion, period. So potentially, if you fail on the first saving throw, you take two points of exhaustion. Correct. And then if you fail on the second, you take three. Yeah, and three levels of exhaustion in D&D is no joke. Is awful, yes. So you want to make it all the way through or just play for the first minute. Sure. Which may be fine. Then you're only taking a level of exhaustion, not two or three. Again, cast this in a crowd of enemies and everybody's moshing and berserk and raging. Throw them against another pair of enemies and then end it. Now they are exhausted. I was just thinking, this is as useful to use against enemies as it is friends. If you're playing behind like a portcullis. Yes. <laughs> that is a brilliant idea. Speaking of our final brilliant idea of the evening, we now have a seventh level enchantment that Matt, I did this for you. I want you to know this. I did this for you. So talk to us about safety dance. It is a seventh level <laughs> enchantment with verbal and somatic. The casting time is one action. The range is 30 feet. Duration is concentration up to one minute. Okay. Nice long spell for a uh, for an enchantment spell. Sure. What's the description of safety dance? You dance and sing a very popular 80s song, leading a motley crew of victims. Guess what? It's in the title, folks. <laughs> All creatures within 30 feet of you must use their movement to follow along and cannot attack. Okay, so I'm doing the safety dance with you. Right. Well, it's a safety dance. They can't attack. Yeah, safety. 
A successful wisdom save allows the individual to gain control of themselves. Additionally, you and those affected double your movement for the duration of the spell. Because you're doing the safety dance. Right. Note that many individuals may choose to be affected by this spell. Because we can dance if we want to. Right. We can leave our friends behind. That's right. Any individuals left behind by the group are perceived in a negative light by the dancers for the duration of this spell because they don't dance. And if your friends don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. Exactly. <laughs> Again, ridiculous spell. We should probably note that uh, the reason behind this spell is because we both used to work in nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And every night, no matter where we worked, we would get the DJ to play the safety dance and all of the staff that worked wherever we worked at would do the safety dance and piss everybody else off. Sometimes it fit the theme, like if it was 80s night. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... If it was a punk rock club. <laughs> it didn't always work. Right. But you know what's funny about all of that is some of the punks joined They're still in. still amused, yeah, oh, absolutely. They'll jump in, right? Who doesn't like the safety dance? It's all about whether or not you have a sense of humor. That's exactly right. But the DJs were always amused. Always. Mostly always. So there you have it. Six delightful, enthralling enchantment spells that you can use in your campaign or one shot or for you to just laugh at and be amused by. I feel like there are a lot of these that could be used in ways that they weren't designed, which is the best way to use spells. And you know, if you have any weird and unexpected uses for these spells, definitely hit us up and let us know. Because that'll amuse me and Matt as well. Indeed. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter and the various socials. Did you enjoy this podcast? We've got more enchanting episodes on the way. Subscribe to it on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. Click the five stars and give us a review on iTunes and Podchaser. And on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. It helps get our show in front of more people and it feeds the hungry algorithm. Which is currently creeping up to you with a trench coat and a top hat and going... Hey, kid, you want to see something really scary? The algorithm's, you know. Creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. It's, it's literally a creep. It is creepy, yes. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. D20 did our music. And this is, in fact, a subterranean production. Your voice is so low. 